It is wonderful to uh, congratulate these seniors. What an amazing accomplishment for you. You've come far in a short time, or what seems like a short time to many of us. And we applaud you and appreciate you, and I know that you look forward to your graduation in just a few weeks. And what a grand moment that will be, a launching of your life into something new and exciting. Nell and I have already attended, my wife and I have already attended one high school graduation this week. And at that graduation, our chief of police, Lawrence Batista, challenged the graduating class and said to them, many of you have found Christ here. And as you go into the world and all of the changes that will come your way, I challenge you to stay connected to Christ for he is the source of your life. He is life. And I would say the same to you. Change is the context of life, and you are about to experience change. We all do. It is the context of this scripture, John 15, a text that features Jesus trying to prepare his disciples for what is ahead of them. He is about to leave them. He's about to go the way of the cross and resurrection, and he is trying to help them be ready for what is about to happen. And yet John writes this text, this scripture, many years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So in this very text, we have those two dimensions of change. There is that anticipation of change. They don't understand what this will be like. They really, really don't perceive very well at all what their life is about to be like, what he is about to do, and where he is about to go. And so it is with change. As we anticipate change, we, we have some idea of what it will be like. And we spend much of our time as we approach change trying to figure out what will that be like? How will it be? How will I cope? What, what will it bring? And then there is the fact that this text is written after the change, after the death and resurrection of Christ. And once we get there, once you've graduated, once you're off in college or on the job or wherever life takes you, then the change is an accomplished fact and you are there. And there is that period of adjustment as you try to figure out, well, how do I deal with this that has happened now? What do I do? I remember my first day in college and how I parked in the wrong place. And I was just about to be towed when I arrived and begged out of that penalty at the last possible minute. And there were students gathered around, much to my chagrin, and one of them said, your first day on campus and you're already in trouble. Change will come. It comes for us all. And amidst change, Christ is the constant. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we hope, we pray, that you have found Jesus here. 
that you found Christ here somehow, somewhere, some way. That you have experienced Jesus and that you understand through your confirmation class, through your involvement in the youth group, in whatever way that you have come to know that Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. Jesus knows all of us better than we know ourselves. And he loves us. He loves us in a way that no one else can. And that love is an absolute constant no matter what. And it is always there and it is always for us. And so as you go and as we go, our prayer is that having found Christ, you will continue to look for him. You will continue to be aware of his presence. Christ fills every moment, every place, every situation. There is no place you can go where he is not. There are times when we tune him out, we act as if he isn't there. Indeed, much of our lives, unfortunately, we spend with very little knowledge of his presence, but that doesn't change the fact that he is there. He's there by way of his Holy Spirit. Pierre Tellier de Chardin said, truly there is a Christian note which makes the whole world vibrate. Like an immense gong, it is the divine Christ. And this note, this divine Christ, is unique and it is universal. It is always and everywhere ringing. Christ is there. And we pray and we hope that you will notice Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote wonderful words. Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Someone brought me some wonderful blackberries this morning. I'm grateful for those who plucked back blackberries. And the person who brought the blackberries, knowing him, I know that every time he plucked one, he probably gave thanks to God for it. So even in the plucking of blackberries, we can find Christ. The point, of course, is to look for Christ, to be aware of him. For Christ is present with us by way of his Holy Spirit. As Jesus was trying to prepare those disciples, he said to them, It is to your advantage that I go away, because unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you everything, will bring to mind everything I've taught you. And because I go to the Father, Jesus said, You will do greater works than you've seen me do. Jesus is present with them in his human expression. And he is saying to them, I will be present with you in the Holy Spirit in days to come. The Spirit is 
expansive in his presence. Jesus is everywhere. And that expansiveness of the Holy Spirit means that as you grow, as you live, your life becomes more expansive. You grow into possibilities that you can never really even imagine. God wills to do in you something that is amazing. And so we challenge you and we challenge ourselves. We all are challenged to stay connected to Christ to stay connected to the one who is the source of our life, to practice the spiritual disciplines, to read your Bible, to spend time in prayer, to find Christian fellowship, to spend time with the people of God, and to honor the presence of Christ in you. Jesus is in your life. And for you to honor his presence, to make decisions in which he leads, in which you are able to know his heart, his mind, his will, and to honor that, and to honor the Christ that is in others. For we encounter Jesus in other people, the Christ in you greeting the Christ in others is a joyful way to live, to honor the Christ in you, to honor the Christ in others, to stay connected by your keeping of spiritual disciplines. This is life. This is the source of life. And the result of that is a fruitful life. We human beings are created to be fruitful. We are created to be productive, to accomplish things, to make a difference to be disciples who make disciples who make a difference. Jesus has much in store for every one of us. And the goal of it all is to become the very people that God has made us to be. The fruit that we are to bear is as Kelly said this morning with the Skittles and with the children, it is the fruit of the Spirit. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that is, by definition, character. It is the formation of your very self and of myself. It is to become the very ones we are made to be. It is to become what Thomas Merton called the true self, the self that is made in God's image, the self that is raised by Christ from sin and death. It is the best self. It is the true self. It is a self that is formed by Christ for the sake of others. And to be that person is the essence of freedom. Paul writes of the fruits of the Spirit, and he says of them, against such there is no law.
In effect, what Paul is saying is that when the fruits of the Spirit are ours, we do not have need for external definitions of behavior. We do not have need for someone to tell us, do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do that. When the fruit of the Spirit is ours, then we are free because we are becoming the very ones that God made us to be, and we will know the truth. And that truth will set us free. It is the freest possible way to live, to be one in whom love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are your virtues. And so we pray that that may be so for you. I've not had the privilege of being involved with you all since I'm new and you're leaving. This has been a transitional year for you and for us, for me in many ways. And so I don't feel that I've invested nearly as much in you as others have. And thank you, Anna, for honoring those and naming them. And there are others that you all could name who've invested in you. And your church loves you and believes in you and wants nothing but the best for you. And you have a world of possibilities. You have great education, a great family. But more than anything else, we pray that you have found Christ here. And we pray that in your days, all your days to come, you will stay connected to him. And that you will remember those loving investments of all of those who have believed in you and loved you and cared for you. And you will receive that as God's gift. And you will live out the possibilities that the Lord puts before you. We are excited about where you're going and what you will do. Here is life. It is our very lives that are at stake. What shall we do? How shall we live? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Allow my life to flow into you and through you, and your life will be full of great experiences and great achievements. May it be so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And so in a sense, we are sending you forth. And we are all sent forth by God's blessing. And we sing of that as we join in hymn number 664.